Hey, this is Cobra Page from Cobra and the Lotus. Hail and kill everybody. This is Ross the Boss from New York City. This is Brittany Slays from Unleash the Archers. Hey, this is Cam Pipes from Three Inches of Blood. This is Sean Peck from Cage and Death Dealer. You're listening to the Great Metal Debate Podcast. Has there ever been a better name for a podcast? No. So turn it up. Welcome, Great Metal Debate listeners, to another of our artist interviews. Today I have the distinct pleasure of speaking with the person who makes the sound that angels sing, Charlotte Wessels, vocalist for the Dutch symphonic metal band Delane. Charlotte, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for the interview. You guys have been crisscrossing the continent the past six weeks, and now you're in the home stretch of the tour. How does that feel to be at that point? You know, uh, the whole tour went by so fast. I remember going into this and thinking, you know, six weeks, that's a pretty long time. And uh, most of our tours have been like a month, but not a lot longer. So, uh, no, but time flew by and we've had a really good time. And, uh, yeah, I'm happy. (laughs) That's great. And this is the second time in just a year that you've gone throughout North America. How has this tour experience differed from last year's experience uh, in support of Camelot? Well, last year, I mean, it was a big surprise to us because when we went into our tour last year, we basically didn't know at all, you know, whether we have a following here, whether people know our songs. So there we were really pleasantly surprised to see everybody singing along to our songs and actually realizing that, okay, so apparently people know us. And uh, by now we, 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 we know that and it feels really like, you know, it, it's difficult for European bands to get food underground in America and everybody says you've got to do like at least five support tours before you can uh, start headlining. So I'm really happy that we were able to come back so soon. Um, to really, you know, build on that and, and, you know, work on, you know, being able to tour the States. Uh, yeah. And I know one difference this time around, you were able to do a couple of additional gigs in Detroit and Las Vegas, I believe, where you were the headlining act. Tell me a little bit about those shows. Well, we had, and this is really special because actually we did make a, a, a bit of a shortcut to the headlining gig. Um, uh, we did, uh, yeah, we did Detroit and Vegas, and uh, they were both very cool. Uh, Vegas was uh, especially interesting as we had never been in Vegas before. Twice. And we were in the middle of, you know, of of the action of downtown Vegas. So it was, uh, it was, it was very interesting. And, um, yeah, we even, you know, we even did some gambling afterwards. Um, but I'm proud to say that I only lost exactly, in the end, one dollar. So That's not bad. So yeah. g- given these two experiences uh, and some great stuff coming up that we'll talk about, do you feel like you've been able to develop a strong fan base here in North America? I am definitely sure that we're working on it. I mean, you can see... Um, at all the gigs, I've been saying, you know, it, it is so good to come back after a year. And actually, most of the times that I said that, you would get, uh, you would get such a big part of the uh, of the venue screaming because they were there last year. So I do think that, you know, you um, you take these people with you to the next gigs, and uh, you know, next time they bring their friends, and next time they bring. So yeah, I do think so. And 
and it's a good thing. I mean, that's this really why you do it. You cannot go to, you cannot make the investment of going to to America and then not come back. It's, it's. I think it's really important to do that follow up, and also it's very nice for us because you actually still recognize a lot of faces, and you know, you get to make some friends and then see them again very soon. So that's cool as well. For folks who have seen you, we all know that you all are very physical on stage. You do a lot of jumping around, banging your heads. Uh, how do you all generate that energy night after night? I guess it, it kind of comes automatically. You know, some nights, especially you know, on on this tour, when sometimes you don't get you get you don't get a lot of sleep. Uh, you don't necessarily uh, have uh, healthy, nutritious dinner every day. Um, sometimes it's harder than other times, but basically, you know, the ad adrenaline of being on stage and of being in front of the people you know that that always does it for me and actually i like it the, the closer the audience is i i dislike like these really big photo pits you know, sometimes yeah but even even in some of some of these venues they make like three meter photo pits so you know, like the the first row is like way far away um i i really get that energy from uh from the people in the audience so i like them to be very close i also like nice pictures so it's good that that the barriers are there sometimes but sometimes they're just placed so far away you feel like i cannot even see who i'm singing for so um yeah that, yeah that's basically what does it the adrenaline and you know the people in the crowd and so talking about that distance from the crowd how, how does the uh, enthusiasm of or the energy of the crowd affect your performance a lot a lot and you know even on the bigger festivals it's usually not such a big problem because there the crowds are usually so big that um, you know the bigger the crowd the more they kind of feed off each other's energy you know if one people start screaming everybody starts screaming it's one of those group dynamic things that I think is lovely to see um, and it's lovely to be a part of as well. I love going to gigs myself and kind of get, you know, immersed in that, um, in that feeling. So, um, yeah, definitely. I, I think as an artist, when you see that, that kind of very positive vibe is going on in the audience, this is, uh, yeah, this is wonderful. And it, and it, it really helps, uh, it really helps for the performance as well. Great. Uh Speaking of your art, let's talk for a moment about your latest album, The Human Contradiction. It's been out for about seven months now. Uh, I want to congratulate you on a very strong effort. Uh, really enjoy that album. How pleased are you with the reception of the album generally? And how do you feel the new songs are being received by the fans when you perform them live? Um, I actually, it's funny because this album, we really uh, wrote and recorded it in, in, in like record time. We had a, we had a tour with, with Temptation lined up and we really wanted to have the album done before that. So we set ourselves a crazy deadline. You know, it's not that bad. At least when you're the one setting yourself a crazy deadline, it feels like you're in control of it. But still, it was, uh, uh, it was, it was um, hard work to get it finished. And I was actually writing my master thesis at the same time. I had the deadline for the master of the album and my master thesis in the same week. I, I died a little. Uh, but um, actually, for the first time, I didn't read a lot of reviews because we released the album and then we were on tour. And then actually, we haven't stopped touring or performing ever since. Um, so I can only say from the general response that I've gotten and that I've heard in, in interviews that uh, I think everybody's really pleased we see that people respond well to the songs that we play live so i am really happy 
that 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 we made it and and about the result and um um i really enjoy playing the songs live so uh yeah it really feels like an achievement that we that we we got it there and talking about uh how you feel about performing the songs live i'm curious when you write an album and uh it's finished begin performing the songs are you ever able to step back and appreciate the songs purely from a fan perspective or are you, do you always have the critical eye of a musician when you look back at your work i think we were just talking about the other day that i i don't think that i ever listen to our records after they're done um so i you know every now and then for for example when we when we play a song that we haven't played in a long time you think oh yeah let's let's google my own song <laughs> so, so the answer is the answer is no you're not able to step back as a not fan. able to step back and listen to it as a fan definitely not but but what often happens is because when you when you perform them live you're kind of or at least for for my part with the singing you kind of find your comfort zone and you find the 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 nicest way to put the words actually more than in a studio because often in a studio is one of the first times like i usually go into the studio and really try around with different things and, and try around different you know variations when we're there you know the the song is always done the lyrics are always done well so the sign done but um it's actually only during the during the performances if you really sing the songs night after night that you start developing these habits and how you really sing it and often when we sing a song or when we play a song for a very long time and I listen back to the record, I'm like, I'm doing a completely different thing now. And um, this is interesting sometimes. I actually listen to the songs that you do play a lot live and then see how they have changed from the first instance when you recorded them. This is how they've evolved, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Charlotte, we have a few uh, questions from Great Metal Debate podcast listeners. Owen from Smithville, Ontario asks... What do you find most enjoyable about being the front person for Delane? Um, well, I, I really like the fact that 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 as a front person, you're kind of in a dynamic place on the stage, so you can kind of you can kind of run around, and you can, if you want to, to look that person in the eye, you can go there. This is this is, I guess, the thing that if if I would play keys or something, that would, would probably bother me to stay in one place. Of course, the invention of the keytar. Uh, <laughs> made the alternative possible, but uh, I like uh, what I like most about being the singer is indeed the fact that you can kind of do whatever you want and be be very dynamic on the stage and and also I, I mean I very much like uh, like words and I very much like lyrics and I very much like telling stories and so uh, I I also like the fact that um, uh, that within the music that uh, I, I can be the one who's uh, allowed to, to tell the story. This I like a lot. Uh, another question comes from Elena in New York. She wants to know how your early musical training has influenced the way that you sing today. Well, I, um, I, I was not formally trained in like conservatory or something like that, but I did do two years of uh, jazz training, just weekly lessons at the local music school. And after that, I did two years of classical training, uh, same story, just weekly lessons, local music school. And I think it, it helped me a lot. Like, first of all, the, 
the jazz lessons, which were not really jazz lessons. It's just that they called classical classical and everything that was not classical, they called jazz. So it's that's kind of the classical distinction that they still worked with. I think that kind of helped me finding, you know, I had a very, uh, our, my vocal teacher was, was very much uh, letting everybody bring their own songs, the things that they wanted to sing, and then finding out what it is about those songs that, you know, fit your voice and stuff. And at one point, I I was like 12 or 13, and I only wanted to sing Kate Bush. And then she said, you know, if you're really into all this um, very high-pitched stuff, then maybe you could also, maybe you would also enjoy, like, singing arias and singing, you know, operas and singing. Um, so she kind of directed me to the classical direction and then when I was there I had the most amazing uh, vocal trainer but at one point she said why don't you quit that band of yours and join the choir because a lot of choirs would you know really like to have you and um, and I kind of felt that our ambitions didn't match so then I stopped um, I still I, I mean I've learned a lot for it from it and it's it's good to have that background of, of classical training, I guess. Then I didn't have training for a very long time until the first time that I lost my voice on tour. And now I, yes, this was this was really bad. It was it was actually not even from improper voice use, but it was from sleeping under a, a air conditioning leakage. We found that out afterwards. That actually there was like a thing blowing air in, that, in the tour bus. Yeah, but that made me really realize how much it. Well, how much it basically sucks to be the factor that uh, makes you have to cancel a show because it was that I could not speak, um, so I could obviously also not sing, and we had to cancel a show. And this this got to me a lot, and I thought, well, you know, if this ever ever happens again, I do not want it to be because I didn't do something that I could have done. So now I'm I'm trying to. Uh, train myself and I really you know it's uh, I don't have time for weekly lessons anymore unfortunately but I take these trainings every now and then which are really intensive and you get to you know get to learn a lot in a small time and you actually use that then yourself in in you know all the time of touring afterwards so it's good well, speaking of vocals, on this album you've again used uh, guest singers who provided some harsh and grunting vocals. I'm really a fan of that contrast between the clean and the harsh vocals. I wonder, as a songwriter, how do you determine whether using that contrast is a good fit for any particular song? I, I guess that sometimes within the songwriting process you want to... Um, I mean, the, the, the voice is kind of a... It, it's a very broad instrument, you know. You can do a lot of things with it, and uh, sometimes you want to give it that punch of aggression that you can only get from from grunts or screams or um and i'm actually trying to learn to do it a little bit even because it would be so convenient to to just because usually we send over we, we send over you know the track and then insert grunts here and i send the lyrics along and sometimes sometimes we do these kind of whispers because they sound most like silent grunts in a way but it would be very convenient to to actually know how uh, how it feels because you can judge so much better if you know if the lyrics actually work on the music if you can actually do that yourself so I so I think it's basically when we really feel that we need that extra punch of, of aggression that um, that we cannot get with the clean vocals that we think of uh, yeah 
of, of inserting grunts or screams or more harsh vocals like that. Interesting. I've always wanted to know know how you all approach that. So that's very interesting. Back to the issue of touring. Uh, can you tell fans what your plans are for the rest of the year and into 2015, and particularly for North American fans who may have missed the lane with Sonata Arctica on this tour? Mm-hmm. Well, we are actually um, when we come back, we're we're starting with uh, Dutch headline shows, uh, UK headline uh, tour. Uh, after that, we're going on a European tour with uh, Sabaton, and after that, in April and May 2015, we return to the US uh, with Nightwish, which is going to be really exciting. And I know that uh, everybody's really excited about it, and the tickets are going so fast. So get your tickets if you want to go there, because you know they might not uh, last. <laughs> I just got my ticket for your show back here yesterday morning, and I will agree with that. Folks need to get them while they can because that tour is going to sell out a lot of dates. Um, and uh, uh, one other question about touring from a listener, Ariel from Buenos Aires, Argentina, wants to know uh, when you might be returning to South America. Well, we were working on returning in 2015, but 2015 got very much crowded with uh, North American tours. And um, I'm still hoping that we can actually uh, work on getting um, uh, a South American tour in there. But at this point, I'm not sure when that is going to happen. But it is always on our radar. We really want to we really want to come back because there is the same thing. You know, it's um, we we've performed there and you know south american fans are really crazy and wild and and it, it's really a pleasure to perform there so we just really want to come back if even it were just for the fun of it <laughs> well that's a great problem to have trying to schedule to get to see all your fans each yeah. year charlotte wrapping up today how can fans who want to support delane purchase music and merchandise from the band um, well, you know, the best place to go is uh, our website. It's uh, www.dlane.nl because the, on this website you can basically find links to all the places that sell our music and uh, and to our web shop and to Napalm's web shop. So uh, that place will get you there. And I encourage all of our fans to do just that. Help support this band. They are blowing up. You want to get on board with them right now because uh, lots of exciting things coming up. Charlotte, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Pleasure to meet you and looking forward to the show both tonight and seeing you guys again in May with Nightwish. Thank you so much. Enjoy talking to you.